Jade Falcon, great among the clans. We are warriors who fight with the strength of the Falcon's claws and ascend to the heavens on the wings of the same. We remember with the clarity of Falcon's sight the words of Kerensky. Through the smoke of time he speaks to us, his chosen, and urges us onwards with the promise of Eden. We shall retake what is ours by right, that shining jewel terror. Not the vastness of space, nor the wolf's obstinate howl shall stay us from our righteous goal. We are crusaders and will trample all who stand in our way. Brought to you by ClanJadeFalcon.com Max Devs and Beer is recorded in front of a live studio audience and is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from Outreach Studios, you're listening to the Mex Devs and Beer Podcast, a No Guts, No Galaxy special featuring your hosts, Phil and Darren. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Mex Devs and Beer Podcast number two. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is November 1st, 2012, and my shout-out is going to go to Disney. Right, I said Disney. As far as Disney and Star Wars, oh, you didn't know there was a connection? Don't worry, Star Wars 7, it's coming. Oh my god, it's awesome. Yes, Google it. It's true. See now, I've always known there was a connection between Disney and Star Wars. Ewoks, Jar Jar Binks, it's pretty obvious. No, that's definitely George Lucas, and we can thank him for that. So hopefully now Mm -hmm. that he's out of the picture, Darren, who do you have tonight? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and my shout-out tonight goes to my buddy Yussi, who will be starting up a new podcast on the GBN, and it will be called Free to Game, a podcast all about uh, free-to-play games and so forth. So keep an eye out for that. There'll be some in-game commentaries on YouTube, as well as a weekly podcast. Dun-dun-dun, we're spreading out to the stars. And again, I would like to say welcome to all of our live studio audience who came out here to support this show. Hopefully we'll have some... I would say some good insider information for you. And of course, all of our new listeners out there. And we ask, hey, if you have the ability, go to our donations page right now and help support NGNG set up a $5 reoccurring donation. Help out the show as much as possible. Indeed. And also, uh, if you can't do a donation like that or don't want to, you can also just go to our website and click on the Amazon.com banner there. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon anyway, please click through our website and it'll support our podcast and it doesn't add any finances to your order or anything like that. We just get a little kickback. So another way to support us. Awesome. And today, like we said, we would, we would have someone very special and we're joined today by Russ Bullock, president of Piranha Games, the creator of MechWare Online. Welcome, Russ. Hey guys. Thanks. Happy to hey, be here. Russ. Sorry, it took too long, uh, so long to get on the show, but we've been a little bit busy. But I'm happy to be here tonight. Busy? What are you busy on? I don't, I don't get that. Well, it's Halloween last night. Kids like to go out. Um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I can. Under- Darren left midway through yesterday's podcast, so I can I can understand that. But no, and I have the candy to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I heard your daughter went crazy. That's awesome. It's like her first like Halloween. So the first real one. It was quite fun. 
Uh, so anyways, I'm just going to ask you a, a quick one or two questions, uh, Russ. It doesn't have to do with, you know, anything specifically. Just want, you know, your answer as fast as you can. Let's see what uh, you come up with. And first one is, what's your favorite chassis to pilot an MWO? I'm a Dragon pilot. <clears throat> uh, I think uh, I just, it surprised me a little bit. I was, Going in, I really thought I'd be a Centurion pilot. And I do like the Centurion. I'm a fan of that and Yen Lo Wang. But um, I like the Dragon. I think it got a bad rep off the start, fixed up some issues with it, and I think it's just a just a great mech now. So, which chassis do you run, or do you rock them all? Is that how you roll? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much um, run them all. I end up building them all out fairly similarly. Um, like a lot of people, I think I started out with the 5N, you know, really looking at the uh, Ultra AC5, but I think, you know, the evolution of your question is, you know, how do I build it out? And I think that. For me, I kind of go a little bit away from maybe what the Dragon seems to be for. I mean, if you look at the stock build-outs of a Dragon, you say, okay, it's a, it's a heavy battle mech that's built with more of a support aspect in mind. You know, the range of the AC-5, uh, the long-range missile system and the nose, etc. But it has the speed in it. So I like the speed. I like to be able to be a 60-ton mech that moves at 81 kilometers an hour or faster. But I usually build out my dragons from more of a brawler sort of uh, uh, mentality because it is 60 tons and when you get it loaded up with armor it's a pretty sturdy battle mech and you know usually what I'll do is not necessarily XL engine but sometimes I need to go XL um, in order to finish my build out just the way I like it. It doesn't have a lot of weapons on it but it has some good punch. I'll, I'll drop the AC5 for an AC10 I will usually put like a large pulse laser in the left arm so I've got those two main weapons and one in each arm and I'll drop the LRMs for an SRM six pack sometimes if I'm pouting is it the one end or the other that has the two hard points in the nose I might go with two SRM fours in the nose but uh, the end result is a mech that can reach out a little bit with the large laser and AC 10 nothing too far though probably like three four hundred meters at most but if I get in close I think with the with the short range missiles, the autocannon 10 and the large laser, uh, the heat management is very, very good. And I still usually am quite nimble and quite quick. So I feel like I can come in, strike, hit pretty hard, and then take off around the corner um, and come back again and just kind of really uh, be pretty effective as a, as a short range brawler. I was going to say, you know, I've actually fought against you a few times uh, in the closed beta. And I was like... Hmm, Russ, let's all go after him. And then you realize, his dragon is faster than my hunchback. Hmm, <laughs> this isn't good. No, and it was always fun. Uh, actually, I think you've killed me a few more times than I've killed you. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Good fun. Um, you know, and I think what you hinted on, too, is just sort of what happens when people get in there in the mech lab is it doesn't matter what the stock layout is. A lot of people are like, oh, the stock mechs, they're, they're not so good. Well, yeah, they are. They're good if you use them in those roles. But then people want their own roles. They want to put their own weapons and their own you know touch on them. And it's just like you said, you want a lot of armor, you want speed. You don't have to have a ton of weapons to be effective. It's just knowing how to use your mech the best. And uh, I've actually, like I said, I've played you. I know you know how to keep your range when you want it and when you want to dive in and charge in so you know i think a lot of people in the beginning uh as you know in the closed beta there was a little while there where the hitboxes weren't so favorable where uh the dragon was really getting center torso cord and it, you look at the big you know snout on it that seems obvious and 
I suppose it does have that weakness to it, but we've made some good adjustments that, honestly, it's not very frequent that I get, you know, center torso cord out uh, on my dragon. And that has to do with the tweaks made to the mech, but also making sure that you're, you know, piloting it the right way, always keeping a torso facing your enemy, the one that has the most armor in a lot of cases. So um, all those subtleties that make mech warrior mech warrior, right? And uh, it can be a little bit challenging to learn, and we know that, and we're all kind of, you know, thinking and improving the game to try to make it more accessible to uh you know non you know encyclopedias of battle tech like like all of us and what, you what know, are you trying to say i have a life we, I, have, we, I have friends for us <laughs> you do have friends but um uh you also enjoy the nuances of you know what mech warrior is and so you know we have to make sure we get um a whole new generation of uh you know people kind of uh, learning what MechWarrior is because we know that it's an extremely fun, addictive set of play mechanics. You know, it's a it's a little more engaging than just your your next shooter, right? It's like the next shooter, the next shooter mentality that we've well, been going through think, for like ten years. And I think you hinted on this uh, right there. You, you were talking about the aesthetics and the actual uh, physical dimensions of the dragon and then CT and some other things. And I, and we talked about this in a previous podcast of how important the artwork is and then once that artwork is done the physical dimensions the aesthetics really determine how effective that mech might or might not be you know if it's tall if it's lanky if it's got broad shouldered if it's wide i mean all those things yes previous mech work games it mattered to an extent eh, iffy but now just like you said at the very beginning i've feeling that the dragon hitboxes were very broad very wide and then you know you realized well we have to actually go in there because issues come up when when you don't you know put a ton of attention into it you're like oh it'll work and then everyone's not wanting to pilot dragons so i'm very much a big supporter of bringing new people into the game um it's easy to get kind of you know comfy in our little uh closed group of mech warrior and BattleTech veterans but it's nice to see new people coming in that maybe aren't used to all the fine uh, details of uh, Battletech and MechWarrior and, you know, basically how it differs from the typical first-person shooter. And you can bet, even though she's not even two yet, my daughter will be a MechWarrior pilot. That is awesome. All right, Russ. Well, I want to ask you, how is open beta going? Obviously, you guys went uh, live on the 29th uh, this past Monday. Uh, we asked Garth yesterday, every, he basically said everything's exceeding the, you guys' expectations. But as, as a president of the company, how are things going? You know, obviously we know the success of the founders program as well. Um, how, just in general, how's open beta? Well, it's going very well. You know, we um, flip the servers, you know, just basically remove the flag and let anybody start to download. And um, yeah, we had pretty good, you know, we had pretty big exposure and we had uh, our PR group does a really great job. I think we got covered by uh, several dozen uh, main websites, you know, both, you know, on the Thursday, Friday, when we said we're going to go up and beta Monday and they covered us again on Monday, which is, which is really great. You know, to get that kind of coverage from, uh, you know, big studios is, uh, is, is, you know, not that common. So, that was first great, and we saw you know a lot of people sign up. Our registrations have definitely been really high. They're probably five, six x the normal rate. So we've seen a great boost. Um, we did hit an all-time you know PCU uh, peak, you know peak concurrent users for us, which was 
um, a great sign. And our, you know, our number of games being launched every day is, is dramatically higher, at least twice what it was during closed beta. So, you know, everything's great. You know, we it's just now it's just it's the same challenge we've always had. It's like, okay, you know, now more, you know, more, more, more. And I think that, uh, you know, what, what we're trying to tell people, and, and this isn't just like us educating the great unwashed. I mean, this is like us educating ourselves too. I mean, I know at some points we said, yeah, open beta is launched, baby, you know? And somewhere when you got close to open beta, you kind of realized, well, wait a minute, that kind of sucks. You know, we don't want it to be launched. You know, on the one hand, we really need to go open beta because we can't effectively test this, that, or, or the other, or, you know, truly treat our, our community properly unless we stop doing data wipes. And there's a whole bunch of reasons, technical and test wise, and whatever else that we needed to go open beta, but we also didn't want to, um, you know, necessarily say, hey, you know, we're launched. So, well, hasn't the industry sort of I would say um, overused and misused what open beta means, especially uh, in the industry. You always hear open beta, but in reality, it's their launch. You know that the the game is as near as can be. You know, and they just say, "Oh, it's open beta" to get people in there. In reality, and that's not the the case. You guys, you guys realize you have a ton of work to do still, and there's a ton of features and systems, right? I mean, that's the point you're you're trying to make is it's open beta for you guys. It's really not launch. That's right. So, in, in a sense, I guess we're we are changing our minds a little bit and saying, you know, we want to kind of take back uh, the term open beta because it is a really uh, effective time for the game to test certain things and get better. And um, anyhow, so at that rate, um, we are open beta now and things are going really great. And um, we're going to go more into our official launch uh, pretty soon. And uh, well, Q1. That's all we really. We don't really have an exact date now. We have a, you know, a number of features and things and you know improvements and polishing that we think needs to be in place. So, I think here's where it comes. You know, for the fans, is saying that really the first, um, the first iteration of of MechWarrior Online at open beta really was built to the existing, you know, fan base. You know, we we knew that MechWarrior you know, needed to expand. It couldn't just be about all the super hardcore MechWarrior fans out there, um, or it just wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough to truly revive the game, revive the brand, and to see what we all want, which means more future games, single-player products, all those things. We need the game to become more than just its core, you know, several hundred thousand, you know, f- you know, super hardcore so fans. So you're, you're not only talking about MechWarrior Online, you're talking about MechWarrior IP in general, making our resurgence, coming back, all these things that even me, I want to see. I want to see a Mech Commander. I want to see a single player. I want, I want uh, MechWarrior Online to be transformed into this huge, massive thing. But to, to be there, you have to I take want baby it all. steps, right? I mean, that's what you're, you're saying is you want all these things to happen, but you, you have to start from new. You have to start from scratch. And God, thank God we do not see MechWare 4 and the, the sort of matchmaking and, and it's, it turns into assault mech, you know, uh, just battle royale and that's all it is. And uh, and thank yeah. God us fans are patient, right? We can all just sit around patiently waiting for all this to happen. Is that what that is, Derek? Is that- <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have one of the most intense heart, like fan bases ever right i mean they are no kidding super super intense and 
They've obviously shown their support. So we absolutely love them. And finish that first statement saying, okay, guys, the very first iteration of open beta was totally for you guys. I mean, it, I mean, let's face it. It is a fairly complex, fairly grognar experience for the core MechWarrior fans. It's pretty punishing to the new user. And we know that. And it's, it's unfortunate, but the path we chose to take and i think i hope that all the people you know listening here tonight will uh listen to this part in particular and and maybe appreciate it that is you know a larger company maybe maybe not or other company might have taken a different direction and saying um you know what we're going to do is we're going to take the mechware brand and we're going to totally dumb it down big time to mech assault or you know or whatever and and make it work for the masses now our approach was saying, look, we know there's hundreds of thousands of hardcore MechWarrior fans out there. I mean, we've proven that with the Founders program. We knew they were out there, and we say, okay, first off, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a MechWarrior game, right? We're not making Mech Assault or something like that. We're making MechWarrior, and we're gonna make MechWarrior for those fans. And at some point, and that really happens right about now. I mean, we know there's still plenty of features that you, the core fans, want. But right about now, alongside finishing those things off, we, now that we've kind of created a product that you can all get behind and love, we can say, all right, now what can we do to just breadcrumb this experience a little bit, um, make the trial mech experience a little better, um, have it, you know, well, maybe, well, maybe shift it around a little bit so that in doing so you, you know, get fed into the game. And there's a lot of things, uh, different camera, systems besides just first person. There's a lot of ideas that we're working on now that will help us bring in more MechWarrior fans. Just to finish my thought there, uh, Phil, is that, because that's what we need and that's what all of us we need. We need we need to bring in hundreds of thousands, if not more, of new fans that experience uh, and figure out and, and find MechWarrior and say, wow, this is, this is an awesome game. I mean, the the play mechanics are so thoughtful. It's a thinking man shooter. It's very tactful. This is so much more engaging to me than just playing the next Twitch shooter. And if we can do that, and if we can have Mechworld 9 hit that next level of success, kind of take it back to its glory days when it was a, a bigger hit, if we can get back there again, then that's just, you know, what, A, that's just great. Then Mechworld 9 would just continue to grow and add more content and just become more and more and more and more but beyond that big single well, player products everything the, becomes possible i don't see possible. the numbers i don't see your numbers going down if anything you go to the website i'm sure if you look at your internal stats it's only going up more people playing and i, I just want to touch on the the new players and, and of course there's only so much you really can do if i'm a brand new player i've never played any mech warrior game i've never played any type of mecha game where you know it says intrinsic you know there's different parts to a mech and so forth there's really only so much you can do, i.e. like tutorial videos, walkthroughs, forums, uh, you know, even demonstration videos. There's only really so much you can do uh, to prep them until really they need to go in there, step inside, you know, a mech, get out there on the battlefield, take some beatings, learn from their mistakes. And this is with any game, though. You throw someone in EVE, throw someone in Battlefield 3, Call of Duty. If you're a brand new, you know, player, you're probably not going to be the ace player that's the one and you shouldn't and and that's one of the things i like is it's skill based i mean darren you know that was one of the things we worked on together teamwork and and with wolf and exile and stuff like that 
it took us Absolutely. time to get better, right? I mean, and that's something you want. You don't want it just to be hopping and everyone's dominating just because, well, um, they can. There's, and that's there's a I lot mean. to wrap your head around. And I have a lot of friends that play, you know, a lot of different games, Planet Side 2, War Z, a lot of the typical first-person shooters. And when they first, uh, you know, back in the day when they had... I hated them, you for... Daisy, by the way, when I got into that. Yeah, I know. I did. But when they, you know, when they first jumped into uh, Living Legends or now MWO, that's kind of their first response is, whoa, like, I don't, you know, it's too much to almost for, um, to, to take it all in in the first go. And they need help and they need that assistance to kind of graduate from the, the regular first person shooter into the mecha type game. Well, couldn't we also say too is, uh, for someone listening out there, jump on TeamSpeak 3. Or use in-game chat, use C3, use whatever communication possible. Talk to to each other. If you're going in, if you're dropping in a game, right? If me, if the three of us are dropping in a match, and we're not talking to each other, either one, we'd have had to play a lot together to know what to do, you know, as far as moving together and stuff. Or we're not going to do well and we're all going to die. So at least chat, you know, say, hey, I'm going left, back me up, or we're going right. And if you're on a organized team help the pubs out man if they're on your team be like hey just follow us you know stay to our rear stay to our six do whatever um and i think that would go a long way but uh i guess i got a couple comments here i think um based on what you said and also i'm reading the chat here just a little bit with these guys someone says he wants ecm it's actually in test right now it's in fact it's uh i think we just tested it today it's it's actually working really well i think like everything we just want to make sure that it's ready before it comes out even more so now that we're open beta, of course, and uh, so that kind of stuff is happening right away. Um, I think you, I think you just surprised them when you're actually reading that stuff. I, yeah, I never read it. Do you read it? Oh my god, I try, but um, someone else said, "What do I think of all the stupid people who keep yelling refund whenever they don't get their way?" Well, I'm not going to answer that. Um, I think uh, one thing I do want to say, though, what that relates to is that um, you just touched on it, Phil. Is that all of us? It, we need to be really, we need to try to be really unselfish right now. And I know that's, it's tough, especially because all you guys say, hey, wait a minute, you know, we just it's, it's our It's our mantra here at NGNG, but yet we get told we're just suck ups and stuff like that because we want to be positive. We don't want to be a negative thing, but yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you know, people put in money for the founders and stuff and say, hey, you know, the game's for us. It is, it's totally for you guys. But we also, you know, you're right that people jump into a game, they have to, take you know take their lumps i mean i when i first jumped into uh, uh world of tanks i was pretty confused too right i mean uh, i kind of got worked over and uh eventually you kind of get it and with with MechWarrior, it's going to be the same but there definitely are more systems to learn in the game you have to manage heat you have to manage weapon groups but believe it or not and a little bit ago i mentioned um uh some different camera angles and some people in text kind of jumped on that saying you know that would suck and I'm with you. I mean, I, I feel you. I, for me, first person is the best. First person for Mech Warrior is the way it's meant to be played, and first person is the most immersive uh, experience. And well, do you think the response was mainly due to like Mech Four, Mech Four, where third person was used as a mechanic breaker? You know, it was one of those like. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good possibility. Mech Four people probably have flashbacks of Mech Assault or something, and so. Um, my, I was actually pretty against it uh, for a really long time, and I was really vocal against it internally. And I'm starting to realize that I was a mistake. I mean, I, I shouldn't have been, but 
even even if I admit, admitting that expa that mistake, it doesn't mean things would have been different up to this point. Like I said, the first version of MechWarrior up to open beta was really for the core fan. But now we can talk about heat management, we can talk about weapon group management, we can talk about all these subtle complexities of MechWarrior that once you play for a little while you say, well that's not complex, it's super easy, right? But the thing that's the most complex to brand new people is the torso aspect, believe it or not. If When I'm at E3 or some of these trade shows and uh, people walk up to the machine that have never played MechWarrior before, next thing you know, they twist you know, their torso with their mouse, they move their mouse, they expect that they're moving that way like any shooter, right? And they can't understand why they seem to be running on the spot because they're looking where they're looking is perfectly clear, but they're like running on the spot. And what they don't realize is their legs, of course, is running into a building. And and you can explain to them, okay, well, you press C to center it. And so it's just that little aspect of torso, which is the number one thing for new users, believe it so or not. How so how do you get people to understand the concept of well, torso twist and legs and movement? Right, and we talk about a million and one little improvements to the HUD, to the UI, but honestly, in the end, it's all tiny incremental improvements. You and know, the, only, I... the only way to truly show somebody what's happening in the game is to add a third person camera angle. I think everyone should just be a tanker, then they would go through That's four what I was years say. of training. I, it, would, it would seem to me the easy way to explain it, whether people Schedule get it or in the not, military. is Schedule, just like a tank. Tanks. It's, it is. You know, you got the tank well, wall and you got the torso or the, it's, it's the turret. It's even easier than a tank, really, because you have limitations to where you can twist to the left and right. You know, on a tank, you can go 360. Try to imagine coordinating between a turret gunner and a driver who's disconnected. It's not one person doing it. So, anyways, but yes. Um, no, but we've we've used that analogy before, and you're right, and it does help a little bit. But you can tell people all day long that they're driving a tank, but they can't yeah. see it. I agree well, and see it. And everyone, everyone listening, you can all, you know, calm down. Doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, third person is going to be <laughs> Russ, Russ running the it. world. It's, it's going to be a game. God, um, it's ruined. Ah, you know, sort of. To me, and I hate, and you know, it's like the cardinal sin of, of PR to like bring up other games when you're talking about your game, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, I guess everyone, the guys at Wargaming can, you know, send me gifts for bringing up their game again. Uh, but. You know, think about World of Tanks, right? You, uh, why is it so damn easy in the end to play? Because you're staring at your tank, right? I mean, you, you, you turn your mouse and the torso moves and you can see which way you're you driving. You get direct so, feedback from what's in front of you. So to me, but when I play the game, I jump into first person quite a lot, right? You press the E or the zoom button. To me, it's set on E and you jump down and you're looking through your reticle. And um, I do that at any time I'm about to fire. When I get into a, a brawl and a, a mix-up, I pop in there all the time. And so, in the end, and I understand, the biggest concern I always had about third person was I didn't like the advantage that sometimes it would give a player. In World of Tanks, it's prevalent, right? You just spin your mouse and just kind of peek your head around the rock and say, oh yeah, his turret's facing the other way, right? And away you go. And you back out and, and smoke him. But there's no denying the fact that if we want MechWarrior to kind of achieve another level of players, that's the only way we can truly introduce them. So, oh, I think what you can do too is you can break up the the thought process of third person. When someone says third person, what pops in my head is what happened to Mech Four or Mech Assault. But really, 
you've got a wide range of ideas and we've talked about this in length in previous podcasts such as doing like a hip cam or shoulder cam where you don't get an, a, a benefit of you know being overhead and seeing more than other players could see it's still basically the same point of view but it's from a different perspective and those are third person cameras that wouldn't give someone an advantage over another player but it would definitely bring a totally different immersion level so if i could just um expound upon that people they get so worked up and uh if i get um you know in trouble for like tomorrow everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh you brought you know third person camera and lit the world on fire um you know first and foremost we're totally cognizant of what the core fan base wants so if the core fan base says we don't ever want to play in first person camera and we also don't ever want to play against other people are in that are in a third person camera so i think it's a so if you don't want to play third person you don't want to play against people in third person that should be a possibility right i mean that should be um i would want to try it before i said no place, i hate well, it you know yeah people should be able to say okay so for for our clan behavior or certainly when we get into you know community warfare say you know we are only on it'd be a matchmaker option essentially right it's like we're only gonna play first person and we're only gonna play against other groups that are playing first person and that's wonderful that basically solves it right so um at that at that point then you know you can make that decision play that way and then those people new players frankly and again to our you know our fan base there you want to we, we all want the world, right? We want MechWorld Online to be around for three years and to have the biggest, deepest, richest community warfare feature ever and have huge server populations with hundreds of mercenary units playing the game and, and competing over the inner sphere. We're going to need to bring in a lot more new players. And if for the first few hours someone gets to use a different camera angle that teaches them how their mech functions, but then they pop into first person when they want to start taking you know, uh, start experiencing the more uh, advanced aspects of the game, maybe the, you know, actual mercenary aspects, community warfare aspects, then they start to use first person only when they get into those situations. So, you know, it's, it, think of it more like a training camera. It's like, here's how we teach players to play the game. And after yeah, that, like, you know, expert pilots go in first person. You know, there's going to be a lot of situ- We're also going to be very cognizant to make sure you can't just use your camera to, you know, to advantage. Well, Russ, uh, you know, it's, at, at the end of the day, you have to look at your player base. You have to look at new players. How can you bring them in? How can you slowly introduce them to some of the hard, you know, things, hard features and stuff? But it's one of those things. These are all ideas. You know, these are all concepts like you even stated. You're you're looking at, you're conceptualizing, you're, you're creating these proofs of concepts. You're doing all this, um, you know, and I think if you don't do that, then you're doing the majority of players a disservice. You need to be flexible you need to understand what the communities and the players want and if there's going to be some people out there that don't really like it and you know to those i say suck it the hell up um you know it's one of those but we've got more things to talk about so let's move on um you guys <laughs> recently introduced hero mechs and the yen lo wang which by the way i love do you want to talk about you know future possible you know possibilities like how the premium max will be introduced? How many are you guys looking at doing? You know, can you state any of those? Yeah, we'd like to have you know quite a few of them because if you think about it, they're in, they're good. They, they don't detract in any way. I don't think from the game. They're just really they're a bonus you know across the board. I mean, it's it almost be nice if you know most mech chassis 
if you know maybe not all of them but you know a significant portion had you know a hero variant because there's there's a lot of canon there's a lot of you know famous battle mechs and really all it takes is you know a famous pilot uh really and you've got um you know a hero battle mech and and understand that the the biggest power aspect of course is the c build boost so um but that really is in line with with all things you guys are a company you need to make money if you're going to put in time and effort right i mean well i I think at least and some people will still you know i guess disagree with this that i think what's on side and what's off side as far as a free-to-play game is um i think things that are being determined that are on side are things that are just time savers so a SIBO booster is purely just a time saver it means you might have to play a few less matches to earn something founders mechs have c bills I mean, so I don't, I don't think it's a crazy thing. The hero mech specifically, I remember saying, you know, hey, as long as the chassis and most of the variants are available to the person, perhaps. But I mean, and you, I'm gonna, I won't take credit for what you guys, you know, obviously introduced. But you guys basically did exactly that. You, you said, here is, you know, three different variants of the Centurion, or well, one's about to be introduced. Um, but here's another one i mean to me i would be a little bit ir- irritated if you said you know what we're going to introduce all these mechs but the hero mech is going to be something that you can only you know that chassis is only viable by mc then i would have been like uh you know well but even and it's then, not like gold yeah. rounds it's not you know it's not better ammo that gets more penetration or does more damage there's such a huge difference yeah, between you know other yeah so i wanted to let you know russ NGNG supports you, and if you just so happen to get, you know, Grayson Carlisle's Shadowhawk or Locust or anything, you know, Natasha's Marauder, just gonna throw some of those out there for you, you know. But speaking of which, you know, why should a player consider, you know, the Hero Mixer gameplay, and you know, what are the benefits? Well, I mean, I think in a lot of ways the benefit is really just it's about the Seabell boost. Um, and I think with Yenlo Wang, Yellow Wang, I know her, 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 everyone's out there having <laughs> it ran around the office for a while here too. But basically, I would say to me it was it's about the it's about the story, right? The whole Warrior Trilogy thing. I mean, uh, when you look at the you know the right arm and the fact that you remove the lower um, arm actuator so that you can no longer kind of you know reach side to side with it, it's a it's a drawback, but now it's the only, you know, 50-ton mech or whatever, one of very few battle mechs, period, that you can put an autocannon 20 into the right arm. So, to me, that's cool. That was um, always a big thing to me when I read that that book series. Um, I'm really glad we were able to introduce it into the game. So, for me, it's really cool that you can be out there in a battle mech that has a, a really great skin, custom look to it. You've got the autocannon 20 in the right arm. Um, you do have a hard point variation that's unique from all the other battle mechs. It's the only one that you can do the AC-20 and have energy hard points on it. And you got the Seabill boost. So it's it's um, might not be the mech that you just flat out use all the time, but it's a it's a great mech to to use um, to get out there and earn some Seabills and just have some fun with. So. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to appeal to different people differently. Some people might just say, this is it. Like, this is my mech that I'm going to, you know, use with, um, you know, just my for mercenary nostalgia, you know, like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm piloting the wing, you know, like, why not? It's, 
Um, speaking of the skin, uh, I'm sure you guys have you're fully aware and have seen all the uh, chatter about the rising sun and how it's not applicable because of his uh, nationality. But can you just once and for all let everybody know that that was a canon design that you guys used? Yeah, well, I mean it's it's in the Warrior trilogy. It's 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 straight out of canon. Um, and if I under if I remember correctly, and I might be wrong here, you guys can follow up with like randall bills or something and, and confirm this but the character justin allard um i believe his parents were of both right like he, he was he was uh, part chinese as well as part um japanese um so he had some connections with house lie or whatever there, there was kind of there was both so for him it was his japanese heritage but also he had but, some Ch- chinese heritage as well i think i think but it is straight out of canon yeah whole, either way name, it, it wasn't your faux pas it. Yeah, no, it was definitely legit. I mean, we even confirmed that yesterday when we were recording. So, you know, I'm looking forward to more and seeing, uh, you know, which variants you choose for, you know, the mainstream everyone can purchase and which ones are going to be for MC because, well, I'll buy it for MC. I have no problem. I, you know, uh, and it opens the door for so many avenues of premium mechs out there. I mean, that's pretty much they are premium mechs. Um, and I noticed that some of the people started QQing about the yellow wing, not because of the loadout necessarily, but they were talking about the stats, you know, it's torso twist rate, it's arms and all this. And they were, you know, QQing about how it was better than the other ones. And then even Garth came out and said, look, this was our first mech. We're actually tweaking. We're doing this to every single mech. And it goes back to me saying that if you look at the Battletech build rules, 150 ton to another, there's no difference. You know, it's pretty much the same thing. Okay, you introduce the hard points. There's still no difference except for the hard points until you start uh, manipulating each individual chassis. Like, okay, well... You know, the Centurion can get up to speed quicker or has faster this, that. And they even stated, Garth came out and said, hey, they're doing this to all the mechs. So right now, the mechs are pretty similar as far as each chassis, but they're about to change. And I love that, that you guys are doing that. So kudos. Yeah, it gives you a reason to pick one mech over the other. Maybe your particular play style or whatever, and it makes more sense that way. Well, I think it's another way for us to differentiate, as you said. it's Right now, we are doing that. Um, each variant, of course, is the biggest thing is the different hard points. But beyond that, you've probably noticed, and, and we know when you do a better job in, in the UI of making sure all this information is, is really easily accessible before you have to buy, etc. Um, but you have different amount of modules. So we might say, well, you know, this particular mech has uh, two module slots, and this other variant of the same mech has one module slot. And we have a reasoning be- behind that, whether we feel... We need to maybe get that mech out there more. Maybe we don't feel it has quite as strong a hard point configuration or so, or whatever. There's always a reason. And then another aspect that we're just now getting into and exploring that we the way we can differentiate the battle mechs is to use all those. And I don't know even that's what to call it yet, but it's the little the little finer attributes of how fast the torso twists and the arms work and stuff. There'll be very subtle differences, but there'll be enough, just enough to notice. So. Yeah, we are going to go through and basically give that treatment to every single battle mech. So I'm sure uh, Yen Lo Wang will be changed to a degree to kind of fit in amongst the variants more so than it'll be different from the other variants and unique in its own way. Uh, but it won't be like the only one that's getting, you know, uh, tweaks done to those those attributes. Awesome. So there you have it. And we're going to actually move on to our next topic, which is bobbleheads. Now, NVIDIA has just released this. And here's a link for those who 
aren't familiar with it, um, there's actually Dill. So there's a link. If you haven't signed up, you can get a NVIDIA bobblehead. It's of the fairy. I actually got it. I haven't seen it in game yet, but some of the guys were rolling with it last night. And my question is to you, obviously, these things are really cool. I was sort of like, uh, you know, I don't really care about them because they don't add anything. But oh my god, watching the coconut monkey bounce around, I, whether or not it adds anything to gameplay, which it doesn't, it it's hilarious, you know, and I love them. I, I guess I fall into that category. So Russ, Our, what's on your cockpit uh, dashboard? A, a fairy or a coconut bobblehead? Yeah, I don't have one in my in my uh, in my cockpit yet. I guess I do. I have bought a couple of uh, PC Gamer magazines to, uh, you know, sort of for pro, you know, prosperity, but uh, um, posterity and prosperity, I suppose. Um, so I haven't got one in right now, but I've definitely seen it in, in the test accounts, and I, I really like the, bob the uh, coconut one a lot because it does bobble around really nicely. Um, yes, we're, so we're going to be um, making some, some tweaks. Definitely some people have noticed that you know it doesn't really show up really well in certain cockpits. You can only see maybe a little bit unless you're actually pressing control and looking around. And obviously the idea is that you should be able to see your stuff uh, without having to you know specifically you know look around for it. So uh, we're going to be making tweaks over time that make sure all the bobbleheads are uh, visible. Um, Have you guys are... thought about dice, like fuzzy dice hanging from like in the middle, bouncing around? Well, I'll just say this. There is essentially three different, at the moment, three different kinds of cockpit ornaments or whatever you want to call it. One is a bobblehead. Uh, one is hanging items. And there's another one. I, I'll just kind of leave it at that. So there's... <laughs> oh, wow. There's, so, there's a... There'll be three tease. different... There'll be three different types of things you can put in your cockpit. Um, and, you know, they're right. They're just total vanity sort of um, silly items, but they're cool. And the idea is that you're a mech warrior pilot, right? I mean, this might have been a mech, you know, going back to Battletech that was handed down from your family or something. It's a it's a very personal thing. It's like the, you live in that cockpit. So, you know, all, all your, you're going to personalize it to a degree. And... I think it's also cool when you are running wild and, uh, you know, racking up kills and your teammates are spectating from your perspective. They get to see all your crap. So, Well, I uh, do know a lot of people have asked if they're going to be able to create their own. And if not, I sorry, I was asked to ask this. Are you ever going to have the My Little Ponies for people to have the bronies? Greg. Yes, Greg has asked me to ask you. Damn you, Greg. My Little Pony. And if you haven't thought about it, there's... I don't know why, but there's literally millions of bronies out there, and they want their horses or ponies. Sorry, ponies. I Jeez, don't, dude. I don't understand. Cross the line. I, I haven't even thought of it. Honestly, I called him a horse. So I, 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 sorry, I can't. I can't help you guys. It's not okay. yet. I haven't. I haven't right. thought about it yet. All right. You know so what? I'm happy with that answer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, whatever another person wants in their cockpit, I'm not going to judge him. All right. Yeah. You can have whatever you want in there, but. Centering on you being the president of a company and the gaming industry in general, um, there's always a push for a positive working, you know, work environment there. Uh, and obviously, you guys are working on this. You're going to have times where it's crunch time, normal hours. What is the environment there at, at PGI? Like, what do you guys to promote a positive environment? Oh boy, that's that's a big question. We should get Monica from HR on, and she can. <laughs> Well, I mean, talk like, about that. do you have an open atmosphere? You know, are people like sitting around? Like, what's the what's the scene there? It, it is it is very open. Um, we've got uh, three big main work areas in the studio, and uh, 
what dev one we call it which is the entire team for mechwork so you've got you know 43 people 45 people in that one room all disciplines engineering art and you can stand up and look across the entire room so yeah it's very open like that you know brian our creative director um and uh, he he works you know right in there all day with with the team um we've got another big area which is our test lab we've got a full 12v12 yes 12v12 test lab set up that um you know we we gather in multiple times a week to test features to test things uh focus groups um stuff like that we could set up we're hoping to do some like tournaments right in the studio in the future maybe invite folks that live in the area close enough in the area they wouldn't mind coming and um doing some tournaments there so there's that you got the kitchen uh so yeah i think it's um it's it's just your kind of traditional developer kind of feel going on um, but right now there's a lot of excitement because you know piranha games is working on something that we you know that we're in control of that you know we own to a degree and and that you know we're really it's it's just a totally different feel than working on you know a work for hire project for a publisher so there's a great energy in the studio and everyone knows that they're working towards something that they believe in that they're passionate about but that also directly you know rewards the company if it does well versus your standard you know work for hire experience so um paul's in the audience right now does he ever like go around and like get back to work right meow or you know just stupid shit like that no, I think Paul has um, his his you know community persona, and then he has his work persona, and they're they're two different things. He you know, he's just a professional. He just designs the game, and just he just he just works. You know. It's, I think what we're hearing from Phil is maybe his ideal work environment. He's wishing what that you, upon what you. What are you trying to say? <laughs> just I've saying. Worked. Um, we're working hard though, and like every every week, we're we're giving updates and and. You know, some things might just take. Uh, we're not perfect in our estimations. Sometimes you guys really hang us for, uh, you know, missing a patch date. We failed you. Piranhas failed us at every step. Oh, I know, uh, right? You, so, you guys... but you know, we we try to estimate for you guys, right? You want that? You all ask that. Hey, guys, please tell us, tell us about your, you know, the plans and and when you think these things will be done. We we really want to hear it, and we say, well, okay, but don't don't hang us, you know. Well, I was gonna Caveats. say that's caveats here um so you know we want to continue to do that but it's, it's sometimes it's tough because even though we throw the caveats out there they say well we're hoping for this might not be exact but this is when we expect it um people expect it then and they you know do you day off rust do you when you get those complaints and and with specifically things like that do you understand that it's just a rabid fan base and it's because how much they love the game and love the product or does it get on your nerves do you feel like punching bags of kittens yeah. afterwards? Like I, I mean, do. I know uh, Brian had, hit, you know, kind of got to get a little word in as far as some of the complainers recently on the uh, the forum or um, whatever his discussion. How how do you react to that? Because I personally, I have a, a much shorter fuse than Phil does. I get really irritated with it. But at the <laughs> like, same Darren, time, stop looking at the forums. And he's like, uh, I don't, uh, and I'm like, dude, seriously, just. But at stop. the same time, you got you when you really kind of step back and think about it. It's because these people are such fans of the product, right? It is. And it's it's tough. You do have to choose your words carefully. I mean, it's like, you know, just because, again, I think I just stated that the vast majority of our staff works very hard. You know, we don't make them. Like, damn you, you know, you're going to stay here and you're, we need you in here Saturday. But they're working well over, you know, a 40-hour work week um, consistently since the project started. But 
I'm sure there's some interpretation here even tonight that they're just goofing off because we haven't done that. And that's that's the frustrating, right? I mean, it's like, I've said this a few times in the forums that we want the feedback, please give it, but try to keep the emotion out of it because the emotion isn't helping anyone. I mean, you can say, hey, Russ, I think Dual Gauss Cats is overpowerful. I, I find it frustrating for these reasons la 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 right nice and calmly and we're listening to you we're considering it doesn't have to be like i'm out i'm done f you right fail <laughs> etc <cetera, laughs> goodbye et to your game it's like really i mean is that the kind of person you are in life Truly? no they're not they're, you know no, they're not. so you know don't be like that here because you know it, it affects everyone it really does i mean we i've i've gotten used to it i, I think i'm much better at it i think but it, i mean do you want if you i just think that we need to keep the emotion out of it more that's my take it's just like you don't we don't need to drop f-bombs and say how you're quitting tomorrow you're done never coming back when you know you're still have, playing later on that night and hey you're we really have the database <laughs> we have the database we know how much you play we know how many <laughs> matches you play we know how much you spend we know everything about you oh i wish it's, those stats were available no, when people no, made those posts Darren, Darren, don't even say that. <laughs> uh, we, we would never do that. They signed uh, stuff. I that's will say personal private a, information. But there, yep. there was an article about that actually, and we talked. I think we hinted on it. There was an article about a game developer, and he was talking about how the forums, and you know, you have to look at the forums and the general populace and blah blah. blah. And he was saying that there was people literally going, "You fail, you suck. I'm never playing this damn game again." And so they, you know, they would watch that person. And it turned out that person actually spent more money than anyone else, you know, out there, uh, you know, to their average, you know, user. They played more, and and yet they never actually stopped playing. And it's one of those things where it's like their last resort, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna fail if you don't, fit. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit because uh, when in reality you're not gonna quit. And if you are gonna quit, eh, well, you were just a negative influence think, on the game, in my opinion. So whatever. In the end, it's. I think it's just a natural thing that people feel like, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, that they need to be extremely loud and boisterous and combative to get their point across. You know, if you feel like LRMs should be changed in a certain way, you can express that in a way <clears throat> that isn't combative. And I promise you, we're going to listen every bit as much. Some might challenge me on that and say, well, and it's true, it's human nature even. And I think they know that. It's just like, if I drop an F-bomb, you're really going to pay attention but I'd like us to get away from that more. I mean, I think for the most part, what we have is an extremely mature community. I mean, most of the MechWarrior players, a lot of them, are actually very, uh, they're my age now, right? They're old guys. They're 37. Whoa, <laughs> if, whoa, if that's, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Uh, they're old guys. They're guys that grew up playing MechWarrior, and now they have good paying jobs and they're players. But they're not. those are not the guys that spend the time in the forums, right? For Bingo. The most Right, and that's 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 the only problem because I think, on the one hand, we have an extremely mature fan base that is prime for accepting new players into the game and teaching about MechWarrior and getting them involved. But we do have some new players, and we want new players, and some younger people um, that that they're, they're the and as you guys know, one percent makes all the noise. So we have about yep. you know like a thousand people of our half a million, you know, registered players. There's a little like a thousand people that. Um, have about 90% of the posts in the forum. So um, that's just the way it is for any game. And um, I guess they really enjoy that. They, they enjoy, you know, existing on the forum. And 
we're happy to it's have it's a them, whole nother but... culture in itself really um how i feel but russ we have we have a few more questions for you and we don't we don't want to keep you as far as you know well we'd we'd love to sit down we already have kept you too long yeah we've already kept you too long so let me move on to the next question and uh these are quick we don't have to be too long in them but as a player and you being who you are in pgi what feature are you looking forward to the most you know being introduced soon you know you personally very clever okay Um, (laughs) i don't know what What? let's see He's yeah. going to get through his notes. What can I say? Well, no, I, I, I have a feeling about... Chris is going to be pissed at us for that question. <laughs> That's interesting. Because I think from my perspective, my world is... Unfortunately, it's kind of like the movie maker. You, know, you talk to the guy, and it's like this for a lot of game developers, people that make movies, to say, you know... And they say, well, I don't, like, I don't watch movies anymore because I make them. And I do play games, and I do play a lot of MechWarrior. A lot of you guys have seen me in there. But... My world, unfortunately, you know, this is this is the sacrifice I make for all of you now, okay? So you have to love me for it, is that I don't get to truly enjoy the game, right? I, I, I'm always constantly thinking, analyzing, and determining what the next things we should do for the game are, uh, what's going to make it easier and better and more enjoyable for the fans. So um, for me, the things I'm really looking forward to, stuff that's coming in a very near patch, is um, some first... Uh, some adjustments to the matchmaking so um uh the players phase uh, you one know, phase two phase, those yeah well phase one so essentially uh limiting group sizes to four and then allowing everyone who wants the groups bigger than four to uh fight each other so um that's coming and i know that some people were sort of like oh my goodness but i mean again i'm free advertising for my competitors um uh, World of Tanks does what 15 versus 15 tanks and if you have a free account guess how big your group can be three two two two, yeah. two. Oh, if you have a if you have a premium account you can have a group of three so I think limiting the group sizes to four um, four of eight which is 50% of the group honestly might be too much but that's where we're going and we hope to at some point in the future and this is one of the other things I'm really looking forward to, 12v12. I don't have a date for you guys yet, but getting the game to 12v12. And at that point, one lance of four amongst 12 would be probably pretty good. It's pretty right. And then for all you guys that want to run full groups or you know groups larger, then uh, they'll have the ability to go into that aspect of the matchmaker and say, okay, you know, we think we're pretty badass. We want to go up against you know another group, full groups, and really test ourselves because... Everyone out there can agree. I mean, you can run out there and stomp on a random group and make some money, but that's not anywhere near as fun as that. those matches that you get every few matches where it goes down to 8-7 and it's a real slug match and almost goes the distance and someone just barely wins. I mean, that's that's great. You know, that's a ton of fun. And we saw that at the NVIDIA tournament. I mean, it started to really open our eyes that, yeah, MechWarrior Online, I think, has a very legitimate future possibly in competitive gaming uh you know the esports stuff or just hosting more tournaments when you get a really competitive teams playing each other it's it's a real joy awesome yeah i totally agree with um you know those changes being a great thing uh you know pretty much like you look at groups like armed i mean they stomp what 99.9 percent of their matches and uh you know usually when we run together it's the same thing um i think the limiting the group size is going to be awesome and also what i think that's going to be a huge factor in is that the new players coming in 
in the random groups aren't just going to get, you know, 20 losses in a row anymore. And we have to keep going back to, we got to make this as inviting and as friendly as possible to uh, the new players. I was going to say, Russ, uh, uh, an insider joke, I guess, is that, you know, the staff over there is being represented by Comstar and Comstar and Battletech is very secretive, loose organization, you know, as far as no one really knows what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of funny that Paul and the other devs sort of took up that, you know, uh, alias per se. If, say, they, you guys will continue this sort of Comstar presence, are you guys ever going to be present in the ongoings in Mechware Online in competitive play, maybe? Some of the, the devs taking on that uh, that role? Oh, I don't know. I just really can't say that for now. All, all I can say is a lot of people have come up to us and said, this could really work in esports, competitive gaming, etc. Um, and we just think, yeah, you know, we're seeing signs that you're right, but... We've just been too busy to think about it much more than that at this point. Um, you know, we've got our plates completely full. You know, we've got some big patches coming up Paul, here. Paul says Patch you making. wear a robe. Is this true? I wear a robe? Yes, uh, a Comstar robe. That's that's what he said. No, oh. I'm just... <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Yes, so I don't know, man. That's Right now, right up until Christmas, we've got a few great patches planned and more content, and that's my key word around here. It's, it's like... Ever since the project started, I just walk around saying more, 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 more. Content, content. More, just more. I hear you. Well, Russ, thank you so much for being on, you know, being a part of the show. Thank you, thank you, sir. I know it it took you a while, and you've been super busy, and we've been playing freaking email tag, and finally we got you on here, and obviously, you know, hopefully we can have you on later and uh, talk a little bit about more of those features that uh, maybe are now out at the time. And uh, I just want to say thank you and, you know, appreciate the hard work you guys are putting into it. Yeah, thank you for putting the time in today. We really do appreciate it, especially that uh, you just went open beta every time, you know, every day is crunch time for you guys. So thank you, sir. All right. Thanks. I wish I could answer more questions for these guys. I see the questions pouring. They want to know about everything. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm surprised you read. I I, I never read. Uh, I I try to scan it. And um, (laughs) we're we're definitely, as far as the UI, people want to know about, you know, like friends list and things like that. we definitely we have something we kind of in air quotes call new user flow, right? So it's there's a lot of subjects inside of that. It's just it's, that really encompasses a, a, about a million different improvements to the front end. And that's something we'd like to get in place before the launch, uh, which we say again air quotes uh, Q1. So you know it's not too far off. You know next couple few months um, you should see a big significant improvement in the front end, and um, oceanic players. I'm gonna big call out to everyone out there. We have. Uh, you know, like our top five, six regions might surprise you. It's um, USA, of course. I mean, you got, it's the birthplace of MechWarrior, huge population, 300 plus million people. It's the number one spot in the world for it. Uh, but very surprisingly, the number two uh, area in the world, Russia, um, they're big into free-to-play games. They love MechWarrior. And then it go Germany. And then you got Canada and, you know, and Australia and, and the UK right in there. Uh, Canada and Australia are pretty small you know, population size countries, we're talking what 35 to 40 million people in each country, but they're in the top five list. So we got, that's really the, the key areas out there. So thanks for your support, everybody. Um, regional servers is something that we're starting to think a whole hell of a lot about now that we've gone open beta in North America. So it's it, it, like a lot of things, we just, uh, you know, one step at a time, hopefully your connection isn't so bad. You know, connect oh, don't worry. It's not slowing the Aussies down. They roll deep. Mm-hmm. Very deep. But anyways, Russ, I know you got to go. All right. 
One Thanks. thing I want to uh, want to say out there to everyone who's listening to this is you just heard it. Russ is a person. He's not a cyborg. He actually gives a shit about this, you know, IP. He's working his ass off. The whole team is working their ass off to get you a quality. They product. have no asses anymore. So keep that in mind before you go and you post on the forums. They do like constructive criticism. They like criticism, but keep it nice keep it clean and if you tell them to fuck off they're probably not going to listen to you much more after that but anyways thank you again russ and to all of our listeners out there facebook right now we, we had 1100 and well yeah 1134 likes on facebook again give us a like right now for those who are listening if if you don't like facebook which i know a lot of you don't go to our website register so you can partake in the the mechs uh voting the mech of the week also in the community questions and again if you can, uh, go over to our donations tab, submit a $5 or less donation, reoccurrence, help us out. We've got a lot of things planned, and uh, to, to get there, we need your support. So thank you so much. Thank you to everyone, our community, and especially our staff members, because Darren and the rest of the guys work their ass off getting the podcast out. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy, Mex Devs and Beer podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. And this is Darren. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Let's get out of here. Phil, you're paying for the drinks, right?